0: Well, hey, everybody, and welcome back to The Messy Table, an ordinary space where we can show up and remember that God is at work in our mess. So my name is Jen Jewell, and I am truly so glad you're here. And I get the joy of hosting this faith-fueled conversation-style podcast, which every other Tuesday releases a fresh story of hope. And I have the opportunity to chat with some real women, incredible women, who you might not get to hear from otherwise. But together, we get to be reminded of God's faithfulness, not just in our own lives, but because of other lives as well. So as you already know, without intentionality, people tend to drift. We tend to drift, becoming complacent instead of motivated, lacking vision instead of having purpose. But for those of us in Christ, we are called to something more than merely drifting our way through life. Listen, Jesus loves us so much that He already made the ultimate sacrifice so that we can truly live. He already paid our debt so that we can walk in freedom. And since we have been given the incredible privilege of trading up, we can leverage our lives to make Him known. The author of the book of Hebrews said this, Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. And let us not neglect our meeting together, as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of His return is drawing near. Y'all, we have been given access to God's inexhaustible presence and His unlimited resources. And today's guest right here at The Messy Table has a beautiful story of living out these truths. Heather Turner is a wife, boy mom, worship leader, business owner, author, and speaker, and the founder of a multi-site music school called Anthem Road Academy. Guys, Heather is bubbly and warm, but also wise and strong. And in today's episode, we're chatting about dreaming big and trading up. So grab your coffee, pull up a chair, and join me for a chat with Heather. Heather. We are finally doing this. I'm so excited. Me too. I'm thrilled. So welcome to the messy table.
1: Thank you for having me. I love being in your home. It's beautiful and
0: so warm and welcoming. Well, full disclosure, we're actually in my living room because it's less echoey. So I'm sorry, guys, we're not at a table today, (laughs) but it's the proverbial messy table. That's right. (laughs) I love it. I know. So we have actually known each other for, I mean, I was thinking like 15 Fifteen years. 15 years. About... It has been fifteen because it was before South Tulsa launched. We
1: went passing out uh, invites. Yes. Do you remember that? That's the first time that, right? I met you and
0: Derek. Yeah, yeah. So we got to launch a church together. We got to yeah. open a church together, Super which was so fun. fun. I know. I was on staff. You were on the worship team, love which it. you are still on. Fifteen they have years not later, kicked me off. Crazy. I, <laughs> I know. But that is consistency. I love that it. That is faithfulness. It's so awesome, and so yeah so fun it was portable in a school is where Mm -hmm. we met before our building was built so maybe like for two years two years and i was
1: the music teacher in that school yeah and they used my classroom as a sunday school class yeah and we put up pipe and drape and curtains every weekend yeah for two years before we built the building
0: oh my goodness so fun fun. you guys heather has the most amazing voice we might need to have you like singing at the end of this episode or something (laughs) All right. Well, before we get too far into it, just tell us a little bit about you and your life and what you're all about. Yeah. I am unapologetically 41 years old. (laughs) Yes. I love love that. Yeah.
1: You look like you're 27. Well, thank you. Um, But I have a wonderful husband. He was my high school sweetheart. We celebrated 20 years this year in March and went to Mexico with some friends to celebrate. Yeah, you did. So... We've been married for 20 years, and he is just my best friend. And I'm so grateful for that. And we have two sons, Aiden and Mason. So one is in ninth grade and one is in
0: eighth grade. Listen.
1: We have three dogs. Yes, more dogs than children. <laughs> People think we're crazy, but I love dogs. And so two Goldens. Um, And Jersey's here with us right now, Jen's dog, and it makes me so happy. I know, she's here at our feet. I love her. Um, So we have two golden retrievers, a three-year-old, Ruby, a brand new one who's just 13 weeks, Kobe, and then a big great Pyrenees mix, Buddy. He's (laughs) 10 and a half, so he's getting old. Um, And then a little bit about me. I grew up, my mom was a church choir director, so I grew up with music my whole life and just love singing, love worshiping, and love teaching. I started teaching really young. started teaching Sunday school when I was 15. And so I'm just a teacher at heart. Mm -hmm. And then I love singing. It's just my favorite thing. Um, So those two things are kind of who I am. I love learning. Probably my love language is reading books and then sharing what I learn. Um, Mm And so I've always got a few books going at Mm -hmm. a time. So that's a little bit about me as a person. Mm -hmm. And then my career, I own Anthem Art Academy Music Schools. And so we have four physical locations in the Tulsa regional area. Multi-site. Multi-site. And so that's been a fun adventure and lots of steps of faith and some messiness and some fun obstacles and not so fun obstacles as well. But God has been really faithful. So that's what I get to do During the day, um, most days during the week, I'm working or teaching. I teach a lot of worship pastors, actually, from all different churches all around. So about 20 different worship uh, leaders and pastors is what I I teach voice lessons to. Mm -hmm. And then we um, develop and invest in teachers and leaders for our business and beyond. So you do all the things. I do some of the things. And then I'm an author and a speaker. I was going to say you wrote a book. I wrote a book. And there's a, a student curriculum that's in... Uh, several schools that's called Dream Traders in school. And there's a teen life and leadership curriculum as well. And so um, I'll go around and do some things at schools for career path planning and career development and things like that. Uh, Leadership, especially for women and leadership and women in business. Those are some of the things I am so thankful that I get to do. I love it. And it's crazy because it's different than I ever imagined uh, that my adult life would be it's better
0: mm-hmm. um and, and it seems so unique to you like specifically how you're wired and gifted it's it, amazing
1: yeah, that was just so god like who knew you can't come up with the coolest dream for yourself like yeah the, i knew i would sing because i grew up singing mm-hmm. and so actually went to college um, on a vocal scholarship for singing and it was really my way out and so and as we get talking about messy, I'm like getting ahead of myself. But as we get talking about that, I had a teacher who invested in me really intentionally. Her name was Karen Smith Pearson. And she was a big opera singer. And I came to her because I had a school counselor who asked me, what do you want to do for college? And I said, well, I want to do something in music. And she said, well, are you ready for auditions? And I said, well, I don't know. <laughs> and she said, well, do you have a repertoire already? Do you have some songs that are, are approved. And I said, no. And so she said, well, do you have a vocal coach? And I said, no. She said, well, can your parents afford to pay for college? And I said, no. (laughs) So I was like, no, no, no. So she sent me to this big opera singer in Oklahoma city named Karen Smith Pearson. And she was an opera singer. And she also, she sang and led in two different churches. One was in English and one was in Spanish. And um, yeah, so I went to her house I was super cocky at this young age of 16, 17. And she said, will you sing something for me? And I sang a Mariah Carey song.
0: <laughs> oh, my gosh. I was like, you are not
1: cocky. I, no, but, but I see what you mean. The, you're cocky if you start out with the Mariah, with Mariah Carey song in the 90s. Yeah. <laughs> and I remember I was, I'll always remember what she said. She said, well, there's talent. And then there's skill and you're talented, but we've got to work on your skill. Oh, that's They're two good. different things. And that was true. I've always remembered that. And she helped me develop the skills that I needed. And that's what paid for my school. And so that's really kind of who opened doors of opportunity for mm-hmm. me and changed the trajectory of my life. If I hadn't had Karen, my life would probably look a lot different. And she was really instrumental because I grew up in an environment that was very, um, like my home life was great. My religious life was super oppressive, actually, mm-hmm. and very legalistic and very limiting, especially for for women. And I knew education was my was my way you out. hmm. And Karen gave me the skills that I needed to be able to open that door wow. of opportunity. And thank it, God for teachers. Oh my gosh! So that's why I love doing what I do because I'm like, okay, I want to do what Karen did for me mm-hmm. for as many people as possible because. She changed my life for really the mm-hmm. better. Um, my mom also ran the bus ministry at church. And so every Saturday we would go um, in South Oklahoma City and go bring donuts to kiddos and then pick them up for church on Sunday morning. And so, so I just cool. grew up in the church. Mm-hmm. And um, my parents really exampled well how to serve others and how to take care of other people and um, love on them. And so we always had home Bible studies in our, in our home. And then taught Sunday school super young. And then,
0: of course, um, was singing really young. So. Yeah. See, I love your exposure to music. It makes me feel like, man, I wish that mm-hmm. we talked about this yeah. before. Yeah. That I don't feel like my kids have been exposed to a ton of music, like yeah. within our home, because yeah. Derek and I... <laughs> are super gifted or talented yeah. and no offense to my parents, okay. but I don't feel like they exposed us to much because yeah. I don't know that that was their thing either. And so I just love hearing about your exposure to that, which, mm-hmm. you know, really paved the way for so much of your life.
1: It really did. Like, I'm so grateful for it, but I also will say I was not exposed to as much sports as I wish I would have been <laughs> <laughs> yeah. because of my upbringing. And so now my kids care all about, they're both athletic yeah. And they're in multiple sports, and all the other moms are having to tell me like what things are. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I went to a game a couple of weeks ago, it was a scrimmage. I went to watch Mason. I texted John, John couldn't be there. I said, Mason just tackled someone, I think, or something. (laughs) And he was like, Well, which side of the ball was he on, offense or defense? And I was like, I'm not sure. And he was like, Which position was he playing? And I was like, He was. On the side of the quarterback, like, I think. This isn't going well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was like, this is not helpful. <laughs> so you're probably giving your kiddos more exposure um, in some areas that will also serve them well, moving along. Oh, yeah, God line. works it out.
0: But <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. So you have a ninth grader and an eighth yes. grader. So you have a barely high schooler and a middle schooler. Yeah. And I have a middle schooler and then a fifth grader. Wildlife, yes. I mean, that could be a whole podcast.
1: It's a whole wild ride. And it's so funny because my sister and I always talk and we're like, our parents did not let on that they were guessing as much as we are making Oh yeah, guessing. we're all making it up
0: <laughs> as we go. Yes,
1: we're totally guessing. And I'm like... We're really trying our best. Aiden, you're the first one. I'm so sorry. And sometimes just to say that and
0: acknowledge yeah. that is yeah. helpful, I think.
1: Yeah, you're the guinea pig. We love you so much. Um, there may be some missteps because we've never done this before. There
0: might be some <laughs> missteps. And just then even maybe. with the
1: second one, you know, they're so very different. Mm-hmm. So you can't even follow the same template. And we've learned that this year. We can't follow the same template for kiddo number two that we yeah. maybe have created for kiddo number one. Great. And so parenting is super messy and so
0: much fun. It really is. It's so cool to see these little people grow into real humans. I mean, I they are. Yeah. But it's just like, man, and they have their own thoughts and opinions. Yes. And I love it. Dreams, all the things. Oh, yeah. Aiden took debate last year,
1: and now he just like wants to debate everything. So mm. he's become a really good I have
0: negotiators in my house too.
1: Yes, negotiator Divators. and yep, has a lot to say about everything. And so I love it because I'm I'm the same way. So yeah, <laughs> we get to have really good conversations. And then Mason is uh, very witty and funny and creative. And so they're very different conversationalists. Yeah. Um and sometimes Mason will be really quiet and that when he when he does
0: have something to say, it's usually mm-hmm. pretty witty and funny, but it is weird, though. I was thinking the other day that my kids don't really want to go to the zoo or the aquarium mm-hmm. or the park anymore. Yeah. It's just different. Now it's like is. they want to go to the basketball gym or they want to, yep. you know, go to the lake. Or It's just different. It's, it's great. It's changed a but... lot.
1: This Just this summer, first time ever in their entire lives that my boys have wanted to go shopping. Oh, So I was like, You're like oh, I can get behind this. Yeah. So I was like, yay, we get to have mom and boy days. Yeah. That involved shopping, which never before did they want to go shopping yeah. with me, you know. And so so that was really exciting, except that now it costs a lot more to go shopping. Yeah. <laughs> so John's like, every time you guys have mom and Sundays, like it cost a pretty penny. Exactly. So,
0: <laughs> and for us, it's so much athletic stuff, athletic yeah. gear. So I'm like, I could buy stock and so, Under Armour and oh, Nike. yeah,
1: absolutely. Okay, so
0: obviously we want to talk about some mess in your life. And I do just want to say that there can be hard messes, painful messes, and then there can be good messes. Like you eventually, you're going to share a little bit about when you stepped out of the teaching role, like teaching in public schools and starting a business. And that was a good mess, but regardless, it's still messy. Absolutely. Um, And then I know you have some other things in your life as well. So just give us a little snapshot into some messes that you want to share.
1: Absolutely. I would say the overarching theme of my life this far is to learn to uh, to step in to what god has called you to in a season and stage of your life before other people may even be on board for what that vision is for you mm-hmm. and so when god calls you to something if you think back to the bible think about moses Pharaoh didn't see him as the leader of the Israelites. Mm-hmm. He saw him as someone who was trying to steal slaves. them. Right? <laughs> yeah, a threat. If you look at Noah building the ark, same thing. Everybody didn't give him permission and tell him it was a great idea and let's raise funds so that you can have this ark built. Oh, that's good. Um, but God called both of them to do that before they got the approval and permission of others. Mm-hmm. I mean, look at Pastor Craig. Yeah. He didn't have the approval of the deacon board, right, at the beginning? Yeah, was I it, think it
0: was the seminary board the seminary when he board. started out. They yeah. put him on probation.
1: That they were like, we're not sure this is, this is you, you know, but look what God had planned. And so... I think that's the overarching theme of my life is to not put the key that God has placed in my hand to open doors of opportunity, to not place that in somebody else's pocket. Mm. And I think we do that so often. And I think what we do a lot is we we place our key. And what I mean by key is uh, waiting on somebody else's approval or permission to step into mm. the next season, the next thing that God has called you to. We we wait especially people like me who are people pleasers. I was going to say, oh we've talked
0: about our mutual Dang struggle. It.
1: Yes, we just want to take care of people. We want people yeah. to like us. And um, and I want them to feel loved yeah, and feel, known. Yes, and taken care of and that they're not we're not uh, leaving them to go on to anything yeah. that's next or whatever. Yeah. But I think what we do, and I know I did this a lot, especially in my 20s, and still catch myself doing it, is I know that there's a, a next door that I'm supposed to pursue. Mm-hmm. And I even maybe have some keys that would open that door, but I have placed my key in somebody else's pocket and I'm waiting for them to tell me that it's okay to use it or give me permission. Right? Where sometimes I haven't even told them I've put the key in their pocket. They don't <laughs> even know they're carrying around my key. Your key. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they don't even know that I'm waiting for them to open a door of opportunity for me. I think we do that a lot, especially as women. Mm-hmm it's called the expectation gap where we have an expectation of someone that's not realistic or that they don't even know exist and uh, it can be a source of pain for us and for the relationship and so um I think what I've learned over time is is to listen to that still small voice yeah and so a fun example of that is when I was teaching so I taught at Bixby North Elementary I taught public school music for seven years and actually loved it. Um, But Mm -hmm. I had two children and I wanted to spend more time with them. And I was really struggling with, okay, I'm dropping them off at 645 because I had to drop them off early in the morning and then got them about 445 every day. And when I kind of was really struggling with the decision was the fact that they were going to preschool Mm -hmm. and they were going to be in before and after care. And a bus would have to bring them from the before care to school and yeah. then they would stay in the aftercare and then be bused to the nanny or to the child care facility after. And I thought, I'll never interact with their teacher. And I'm a teacher mm-hmm. <laughs> and I understand I'm an advocate for education way beyond music education, just education and empowerment in general. Mm-hmm. And um, I realized how important it is for parents to be involved in what a key integral part they play in educating a child and setting up an environment for for them to be successful. And so I was like, I'm advocating for parental involvement, but I'm not going to be very
0: involved. Yeah. And because not because you don't want to be, no, but because
1: you didn't have the time. I just didn't have the time. And so so I really struggled with that. And I thought about, okay, I'm going to quit my job that I love, that I have tenure at, <laughs> mm-hmm. that we need the financial uh, you know, contribution of to teach music lessons. And I had talked to John about this, my husband, and he was like, I'm not sure about this. So we had this conversation a year before I did this. So please hear me say this was not a a haphazard quick decision. And in fact, when he said that, I prayed about it and I was like, okay, well, God, I don't want to convince my husband because I can be pretty persuasive Mm -hmm. (laughs) if I want to be. But I was like, I don't want to be persuasive and convince my husband and then make a bad decision that hurts our family financially or or hurts our relationship because it puts too much pressure on my husband to provide or whatever. And so, honestly, I prayed about it. I drove around town um, on my own and actually went and anointed a building that I wanted with Dr. Pepper
0: on the doors. Yes, I did.
1: My sister was with me. She can attest. That's hilarious. Actually, the one in Jinx? Yes, the one in Jinx. (laughs) um, Actually, didn't get it. It was two doors down from the one I ended up getting in Jinx. But this was like a long time before. And then I kind of was like, okay, uh, I kind of gave up on that that idea because I didn't want to pressure my husband mm-hmm. and I just said, okay, God, if it's really your will and it's not just me, right. Like being a uh, super emotional as a mama <laughs> and not wanting to lose time with my babies, you know, or whatever. If it's really what you have, then I want you to give John peace about it. And I'm actually not going to initiate the next conversation, which is super big for me. If you know me, mm-hmm. I'm a major talker <laughs> and I'm happy to initiate any conversation and always have an opinion. And so but you know, really, is it manipulation or is it leadership? That's,
0: right. <laughs> that's the question. That's right.
1: So I chose to not initiate the next conversation. I wanted confirmation also because it was a big risk for me, mm-hmm. my parents they were like, why would you do this? You are tenured and you have benefits yeah. and you you're have, already in a good routine here. Yes. You've built a great program. You're respected as being a, a great um, builder of music programs and productions right. and, and get along great with the other teachers. Why, you know, why it would you do wasn't this? A right or wrong no. decision. No, absolutely. And so John, one day I was driving home. I still remember it. He called and, and he just said, I think you should do it. And I said, you think I should do? <laughs> <laughs> da, da, da. Let him say, uh, he said, I think, I think it's okay. I think you should put in your resignation and take the next step and teach from home and,
0: and go to people's homes. And what took cool me a couple of months is that, I mean, I knew you yeah. at this time. Yes. So I actually remember the beginning stages of this when you were praying and, yeah. and talking about doing it and then you did it. And ah. then there were the beginning stages of what that looked like. Yeah. And there was a lot of, well, I think I'm going to do music lessons for a while. Yeah but I don't know how else everything is going to fall into place.
1: Absolutely. And like
0: if you take another
1: little nugget from that, say yes to the what and to the who God has asked you to become and what he's called you to do. But let go of the how it's mm. going to happen because um, you don't get to control that variable, you yeah. know, which is super frustrating <laughs> and super messy. Because Agreed. if you're like me and a checklist girl, very goal oriented, super driven gal, you want to control those outside variables. And most most of the time, the outside variables are other people and you don't mm-hmm. get to control other people. And um, <laughs> are you shouldn't. <sharing> <laughs> I can hear
0: you like telling your kids this too. You don't get to control other people. That's right. And so,
1: (laughs) and so you just get to control your own choices. (laughs) Yeah. And so, um, so anyway, yeah, taking that step was a big deal, um, big step of faith because I knew kind of what ish, but I didn't know what all it was going to grow into. Had no concept of that. Our goal was for me to bring home $600 a month. That's what we needed to. Uh, I needed to to contribute for our bills and everything Mm -hmm. to get paid and our kiddos to get fed pretty much that that's what it was, which was kind of funny now looking back at it because I was paying childcare, you Mm -hmm. know, for for two kids on a teacher's salary. So I wasn't bringing a whole bunch home Mm -hmm. beyond that, but I was getting my insurance paid for sure. And we were meeting our needs. And so, but I remember feeling like, I just don't know how that's going to happen. And, um, I started out with, 19 students and I thought what if they all leave me because I was teaching them in the school right after school so very convenient for them mm-hmm. every single one of them stayed oh, of course and they so did. that was Not just shocked. like oh thank you Jesus you know we get to keep keep eating yay you know <laughs> <laughs> and I went to their homes one day a week and then the other half of them came to my home and it only took a few months for me to realize how that wasn't super efficient because I was driving to different homes I couldn't stack them back to back like I can mm-hmm. now. So just the efficiency. And then also, most people don't have a music room in their home. Mm-hmm. So I grew up, you know, the piano in the front living room, along with everything else. And so people are coming and going and making snacks and cooking meals and folding laundry or whatever's going on. And so the environment for learning is okay. And sometimes great in some homes. And then sometimes a lot of distractions. Mm -hmm. And so (laughs) I learned that pretty quickly that I couldn't control the learning environment as well in other people's homes. And that's okay. That's part of it. But it it was a great learning process for me to realize, okay, if I want to do this longer than a year or something, Mm -hmm. this
0: isn't the most effective way to do it. And it also gave you the space to think, what else could there be? What else could I do?
1: Absolutely. Really opened up just... The time to even consider the yeah. options, whereas um, if you're a mom, you already know that your time is, is yeah. very... You're running um, from one thing to the yes. next and you're just
0: not always thinking like, what no. do I, I mean, even the question of what do I really want to be doing with my right. life? And you why know? do I want to do this? Yeah. What's, Which could very well be focusing on your family and helping them thrive absolutely. and staying home with your baby. So not yeah, ne- negating absolutely. that in the slightest.
1: Oh, no. And that was a really big driver for me is wanting to be really part of their... Yeah early childhood development mm-hmm. just available to them and therefore all the first. And I wanted to be the mystery reader, you know, pre-K <laughs> <laughs> and and the homeroom mom and bring the Goals, the Valentine.
0: Yeah,
1: that's right. <laughs> and honestly from that, we got to do some really cool things because I, I was able to do so my kids, we live in Tulsa, they went to Jinx public schools when they were in elementary. And so I got to be part of doing Trojans for Christ every Mm -hmm. week and doing the music for it and speaking or bringing in speakers for it and things like that, that I never would have had the chance had I not taken a step of faith. So I would say, um, if you're listening, you're going to take a step of faith. Sometimes you step out in faith and you land in such a beautiful place and it exceeds your expectations. And sometimes you step out and you step in some dog poo. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, because you don't know again, you don't get to control the other variables, right? But but what happened for me is we did take that step. And then it was November of that same year that we opened our first physical location. And it was two doors down from the the building that Dr. Pepper anointing. That's right. Dr. Pepper anointing.
0: So funny. On this cute little downtown strip. It's darling. It's darling with all the little twinkle lights. yeah above the ma- main street.
1: It's so darling. I just love it so much. And so that location is still there. That's our first location. And again, people were like, why? This is a big risk. You're going to now you have to have overhead. You got to pay rent and utilities and internet. And sure. how are you going to do that? You're back to zero. You're not going to make anything because now your overhead takes away all of the income that you would get. And so that means another messy step, right? Mm-hmm. Another step of faith that um, I don't have a guarantee on the other side of. And I, I guess that's the definition of faith. <laughs> so um, so
0: true. So that God is still at work in it.
1: Absolutely. He's so at work. And He's so at work when you see yourself for who He's, he's calling you to be, instead of by your past limitations, the limiting beliefs of what you're capable of. Or even labels that maybe other people put on you. Uh, When I started out, I was definitely sweet little Heather Mm. and then definitely um, sweet little Heather, who's a teacher. (laughs) And so people just didn't see me as a business owner. And I don't know that I saw myself as a business owner at the beginning either, but I had to learn to step into that and start acting according to who I was becoming through Mm -hmm. Christ instead of acting out of my past insecurities or limiting beliefs about Mm -hmm what I could do in and through him. And so just knowing that um, you've got to change your lenses first. You change your glasses first in the way that you look at yourself and who God's created to you to be and the potential he's called you to fulfill because your gift is not meant for you, but to go through you and to be of service to others. And mm. that's also something that I really learned from Karen, my teacher. Who wasn't a Karen, by the way. No, she was not the <laughs> She was the Karen, person. but not a Karen. That's right. She was... A beautiful human being, and she just actually passed away this last October. Oh wow! And I was really blessed. Oh, I wish she could hear this. Well, what's fun is I did get to send her a book after I wrote it, and she's all up in that book. And I got to talk to her and tell her, you know, this is what's happened because of you. And beautiful. The last time I spoke with her, she was ill. Um, so she was an organist, an amazing pianist and organist, uh, classically trained, and played for two different churches up till when she passed away. Mm-hmm she had diabetes and she the last time I called her she said heather i don't know if you know but i lost my leg my right leg well if you're a pianist you know that's um, mm-hmm. what you're pedaling with if mm-hmm. you're an organist you're using both legs and that was a big that was a big hit and she said and i'm losing my sight i can't read music anymore mm-hmm. she said but everything that i do now i just do from memory i've been doing this so long it just comes out you know through me i'm still playing and singing She said, but you know, what we're called to do is to be of service. And as long as we can love people and be of service to them through the gifts that God has given us and the skills that we've developed as we invest in those gifts. So we're not just called to have gifts and to use them, but to invest in them. Mm -hmm. That's the whole story about the, the talents, right? To invest in those and multiply what you've been given. And that's who she was as a person. And it's what she taught me. And it's now what we get to do is we help people invest in their gifts Mm -hmm. Um, at Anthem Road Academy, whether it's a voice or an instrument. And in investing, they multiply their gifts and then their gifts can be of service and they can be a marketable skill that is used to serve and to add value to other people. Mm -hmm. So.
0: So you were able to pay rent. <laughs> yeah, we were able to pay rent. Praise
1: God. We were able to pay rent. And we were, of course, playing at Life Church at the time. So uh we knew some great musicians who were super great. So I said, Hey, uh Sam Nafy, he's now uh doing a bunch of tech stuff at central but at the time we were on the same stage at south tulsa life church and <laughs> i said so what do you think about teaching some guitar you know mm-hmm. and he was like oh my gosh it'd be so amazing if i could have 10 students and and our big goal so i had 19 students his goal was to get 10 students and i think we brought on uh nick to play drums mm-hmm. or to teach drums and brent and our goal as a corporate, we were like, what do we want to do was to get to 40 students. Cause I think if we got to 40 students, I could like pay the rent and make my $600 or something, mm-hmm. you know? And I, that was like the big goal. And I remember talking to a mentor and he's still one of my mentors today. So little tidbit, um, get a mentor in your life who knows more than you, who's further down the road. Mm-hmm, His preach. name is Mark Roberts and he goes to our campus, um, But he was a former business owner. He owned car dealerships. So if you see Mark Roberts on anybody's car, that was him. And then, um, like the CEO of a hospital and then he's an entrepreneurship professor at OU. So, yeah. So he kind of knows his stuff, I think. And so anyway,
0: she had some great people pouring into you.
1: Absolutely. And I remember saying our big goal is to get to 40 students and, um, he was like, I think we can do better than that. But let's just see, you know. So he kind of walked me through some things as we were launching a business and building a brand and all of these things. And um, so over time, of course, God just blessed it. Uh, that location blew up. We kept building it out until blew up. we couldn't build it out anymore. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we had a waiting list. And then. Um, <laughs> and that's
0: so funny. And that's
1: so funny. Right. So crazy. And then we did a little poll. Where's everyone coming to us from? And there was a bunch in Bixby. And so we were like, we could either get a bigger building or we could expand, but I'm a mom. So at this point, my kids are elementary school and I realized how important proximity is. It's so true. Because you're going everywhere. And um, so if you can have a place for mm-hmm. lessons that's in proximity to where your kids' other activities are, that's a major blessing. So that's why we opened a second location mm-hmm. because it was better, honestly, harder work for me, but better for the students. Mm-hmm. And so- We were downtown Bixby for a little bit, and then we moved to um, South Tulsa, Bixby area. And then it just really blew up again. And we we had had people for a few years asking, what about Broken Arrow? What about Broken Arrow? And I was like, I don't know if I can do three. I don't know. you know." (laughs) And so uh, we ended up doing that. But there were definitely big messes in between. We started out as Abbey Road Academy, if you remember this. Yes, I do. And we had two locations at the time. In 2017, September 21st, I'll remember it, uh, I got a an 11-page document from Abbey Road, like London. I to
0: you. I know, London. Yes, I remember from London.
1: This. From Universal it's Music It's a
0: compliment Group. if Abbey Road in London is feeling threatened by your crazy, business. It's
1: <laughs> crazy. It's so crazy to me because we were a tiny little business in Jinx, Oklahoma, you know, <laughs> and I was just like, what? And they said, you can't use Abbey Road Academy, Uh, even though there's an extra word, even though it's a different category. It's music instruction, not production and recording. Um, And there's a whole bunch of Abbey Road's PS all over the place. Abbey Road catering. Actually, there were other Abbey Road antiques on the same street that they didn't care about. But
0: But Anthem Road is awesome, too. That's
1: right. Anthem Road. Anthem Road is our new name. And so how we, and that was back in 2017, but at the time, the mess was very expensive to change everything. So frustrating signage. It felt like your baby, you know, someone was coming after your baby. Like, why, why do you care so much? Mm -hmm. Um, Chump change for them, really expensive for a small mm-hmm. business like us. And, and all of
0: your labeling, marketing, signage, oh, everything.
1: Everything, your tax stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, your charitable contributions that your sponsors on everything, because we do a lot of charitable things with nonprofits. And so th- all kinds of stuff. And then, of course, you're building signage in your T-shirts and just everything. everything.
0: Did it make you want to stop or give up or quit?
1: No, it made me feisty. <laughs> I negotiated <laughs> that. <good. laughs> no, I negotiated with them. And actually, once we started having conversations, they were super nice. They The first letter said, you have nine days to change everything. And uh, that was not realistic, nice. of course. That is not nice. <laughs> no, that was not nice. And it was just a, like an intimidation letter. But I actually talked to a couple of attorneys and they said, you can get into a lot of money having us do this for you. And um, Why don't you try first to have a conversation, see if their attorney will talk to you. If they will, you can maybe negotiate your own deal. And so I did. I called and talked to their attorneys and and negotiated, hey, you guys, come on. The level of our company, you know this. And um, so don't be mean. (laughs) How about, um, I understand, that I can't fight you because... You have way deeper pockets than I do. Mm-hmm. But, um, Which isn't it
0: sad that it comes down to that. Yeah.
1: It, but we know that. And not that
0: they're the bad guy, but I'm no. just saying in general.
1: But you just kind of realize like, okay. And I said, how about you give me nine months instead of nine days? Because I, I had a lease ending and we were going to move to South Tulsa with our Bixby location. Mm-hmm. And I said, honestly, I just don't want to have to buy two signs.
0: <laughs> yeah. That
1: came down. And they were like, okay. And they put Yay. it in writing and they said, that's fine. And they were great after that. that oh, was that's just, so good. Yeah. But it was very costly. Um, I remember thinking I had to have the solution and feeling very overwhelmed by it. And I didn't tell my team for like a week. And I just cried in McAllister's mm. <laughs> with my sweet tea and was like, how am I going to afford it? And But if you're going to be sad, you might as well have McAllister's sweet right, tea. I might as well have sweet tea. And uh, one morning, woke up really early, and I felt like God gave me uh, a little message to share with them, honestly. And it was... Uh, we get to choose and that as the leader, you don't have to always have all the answers. You just have to share the burden with the people that you're asking to join you on the journey. Oh wow! And um, gosh, that was a learning opportunity mm-hmm. for me because I felt like at that time, like I needed to have the answers and I should have anticipated this. And I, I didn't anticipate this, mm-hmm. <laughs> but now we have uh, international um, writes on our name and yes, our logo. Do. Yes, we do. <laughs> um, a little more feistiness, a little more confidence. That's right. So we, we did a meeting. I called everybody in. I showed them the letter and said, this is what's happening. Um, I have an idea for a name, but we get to choose who we are. We get to choose what we want to be known for and who we're known as. And what do we want to be known for? And who do we want to serve? And we just kind of went through this whole process together. And at the end of it, came up with Mm -hmm. Anthem. Anthem means a spirited song that identifies a group of people or a cause. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's even more relevant. It is. And um, what was hard and was expensive, uh, we didn't lose any students over. We didn't lose any staff over. Mm -hmm. We didn't lose our logo because actually Matt Williams, fellow Life Churcher, uh, created it for us. <laughs> mm. He created the ARA logo. Oh, yeah. And so that was ours. So we didn't lose any of that. And now it's patented. And um, so it taught me a lot. It taught me about uh, limiting our liabilities as an organization and doing the research and not making assumptions and that's something that we really try to do as a culture anyways to not make assumptions to ask more questions and if you must assume assume there's something you don't
0: know look at you strong business mama
1: (laughs) stepping into it so you know you just kind of learn as you go but definitely lots of messes along the way i mean covid same thing like every other organization had to pivot the nice thing about our business is everybody's a creative, and so they pivot mm-hmm. pretty easily. Yeah, I'm very proud of them. Um, but we lost a lot of students in a really short amount of time. We had just opened our third location, Broken Arrow, <laughs> and I was like, "Crap, maybe I didn't hear from God because, <laughs> yeah, COVID hit right after we opened, mm-hmm. and we had to shut down and um and go online. Uh, but what's when I was so scared and we lost all these students, and I was like, "Oh no, we're never going to hit our numbers," and now, um, our our payroll is bigger than it has ever been. And the responsibilities that we have are, are higher than they've ever been. And what was really cool is that we went to our lowest number that we had been at at, in years, the most we'd ever lost at a time, you know, and within six months after that, we hit our highest numbers we have ever hit and just God is so faithful Mm -hmm. and we didn't have to lay off anyone. And, um, God is just so, so faithful. So just trusting him through um, the unknown Mm -hmm. and the uncertainty
0: and knowing that we may not know the future, but we know who holds it. Yes. But it's a very real human question to ask. Maybe I didn't hear from God, right? And I'm curious for those of us who tend to lean indecisive whenever you're making these decisions, Mm -hmm. big decisions to Mm -hmm. change careers, to step into the next thing, which I know it was just one little step at a time, is basically what it came down to. And some of them were bigger than others, for sure. Yeah, But what advice would you give to those kind of struggling a little bit? in the indecision, stuck in the indecision of, Mm. okay, I kind of feel led, kind of feel called to do this. And I know that especially the big decision to step away from teaching, you said it was like a year long process of praying and thinking and waiting. So I'm sure that's involved, but yeah. You know, any advice for that? I
1: do. I have three things that come to mind. First is to follow peace, not pressure. Mm -hmm. So if you feel pressure, outside pressure to make a decision, either because you're trying to start comparing yourself with someone else, you're putting external pressure to compare yourself and step up to the Joneses or whoever. Right. Or internal pressure of you're not feeling good enough. So you're just trying to fulfill that. Mm-hmm. Don't lean into that decision based on external or internal negative pressure. Mm-hmm. Um, instead, follow peace. And what That's gives okay. you peace of mind? And what do you feel that you can settle into?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like at your core, that feels very settled and secure, even with the unknowns, knowing that your your motives are pure yeah. and that they're not just self-serving motives. Mm-hmm. And so even with dream traders in school, I always say, OK, let's pick a dream, but not just one that if it's fulfilled, it serves you. But if your dream is fulfilled, how does it make the world a better place? Who else does it serve
0: uh, mm-hmm. for the better? Yeah, you're empowering
1: Yes. And if there's not somebody else on that list, then then maybe let's reconsider. Oh, that's good. Um, and make a, a dream that's bigger than ourselves. And just yourselves. Um, so I'd say pressure, you know, follow peace, not pressure. And then prepare, like do the preparation before you make a decision. And um, don't just jump into something. So with all of our locations, we did a lot of research on where to open up. Jinx is probably the one that we did the least because I just didn't know what I didn't know. But mm-hmm. I did know that it was in walking distance from Jinx Public Schools. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I did know um, that there wasn't another music school there. And so I, I did some research there, did some research on property uh, and lease uh, lease agreements and the cost and all of these things instead of just jumping in. So I would say do your research and prepare.
0: Yeah,
1: And then thirdly, ask God to prepare the way. And so like right now we're making a decision that I, I felt a lot of pressure over the last, um, just the last like five months because we have three teachers that are moving from, or that just moved from Tulsa who've been trained and developed through Anthem road or fabulous instructors for us here. And they're moving to Edmond, Oklahoma and one had moved the year before. And um, they said, will you open an Anthem road here? Yeah. And I was like, so excited because I, that's really beautiful that they would even ask. Mm-hmm. And, That they'd want to continue what we're doing here, Mm -hmm. you know, in Edmond and North Oklahoma City. And so I was like super excited about it, but also feeling a lot of pressure because it's a very big time commitment, financial commitment. Um, And you can't just
0: zip over in 15 minutes.
1: Right. I can't get there to fix, you you know. the power went out, or the toilets overflowing, or I mean, these are these are real things. Real things of a
0: business owner. Yes, it's all true. the time.
1: You know, or so and so didn't show up, or we got locked out, or whatever. And so I was feeling a lot of pressure because I want to do it, but I also don't want to do it for the wrong reasons, and uh, because it's a really big, it's a really big commitment. Yeah. And most leases are five years. This is not like a one and done thing. This is like, no, you're signing a lease and you're mm. making a commitment to go all in on something. And so I sent them all a prayer. It was, God, if it's your will, then prepare the way and make the path clear. Mm -hmm. And what I first thought was going to be A or B, all in or nothing. And God kind of showed me a third option. And Mm -hmm. so what we're doing now in Edmond is um, we have, four teachers there cuz now there's the police chief of Noble who now wants to teach lessons with us and he's an amazing bluegrass player. What? It's a little plug for him. Yeah. These are all insanely talented like let me just say that like 100% ridiculous. Mm-hmm. They're going to Edmund to get masters in their in their degrees in music. So mm-hmm. they're ridiculously talented. Um but anyway the plan C instead of like A or B options is to start in-home. And I've always not done that because remember what I learned from yes. first doing in-home. But I do think it's a great way to test the market. Mm-hmm. And it's a way that God showed me like, hey, I can let you test the market. I can give these um Teachers' opportunities to teach, but without Before taking all this you make big risk. Yeah. So, as you're looking at making decisions, if you're listening, you're like, I feel like I'm not 100% sure. First of all, there's no guarantees in life. So, if you're doing anything in business, even relationally, again, you do not get to control the other variables. Mm-hmm. So, don't wait for a guarantee for everything because you'll just always be waiting and mm-hmm. never step into um, what God's called you to. It right. requires faith to, mm. to step into oh, that faith. <laughs> yes. And in progress does require a mess. Uh, and that means messing up what is already known to you mm-hmm. and messing up what is guaranteed and right. what you feel is secure and messing up. Others and your own preconceived ideas about right. yourself and your limitations completely.
0: Uh so but you can't wait for perfect, like you said. You There's can't. the Bible verse I don't know where it's found. Yes. I can't remember, but it says farmers who wait for perfect weather never plant. That's right. You so then you plant. never sow, you never harvest.
1: That's right. So you just gotta, yeah. So you gotta do the work, you gotta pray. Yeah. Make sure you're don't motives. make a rash
0: decision. Yeah, don't
1: make a rash decision. You know, there my mentor always says you're one decision away from changing your life. Mm -hmm. yay or boo, (laughs) you know, changing your life for the better or one decision from, you know, screwing everything up. So, so yeah, I think those three things just follow peace Mm -hmm. and and not pressure and and be prepared, like do, do the work. Um, don't just have hopes and not, Um, Without legs to it. Yeah,
0: without Mm -hmm. legs. And then and I love how you said earlier to be open-ended with the how it transpires. Because we want God to do His mysterious, mighty work that He does. And sometimes we look back and we're like, I have no idea how that happened. But God did it.
1: He does it. It's like now, I didn't know how to scale when I started this business. And like, wow, did I not know the how at all. Mm -hmm. And God just um, really led me one step at a time. And sometimes I would fall and sometimes I would make mistakes, of course, or not anticipate things because I didn't know what I didn't know. And that's still a thing, you know, I still don't know what I don't know. But Hmm. I think it's just pursuing him. I I think the thing that I learned through COVID and through the name change and through even developing staff members, because we have 50 teachers um, and over the years, 50, 50, over the years though you develop and invest a lot in people and then you help them pursue their dreams and sometimes that means them leaving Mm -hmm. and that means them going and doing something beautiful for another organization Mm -hmm. and you got to be part of that story and it's like the best thing and it's the hardest thing because um because you you have to let them go (gasps) in one time there was a season 2016 I remember it because we started in 2011. So these were people that were with us a long time and they all like within a year, 10 of our 20, so 50% of our staff turned over, which we had never had any turnover before that. And none of it was negative. It was, they were going to be on Broadway, you know, (laughs) or they were going to start a church in Texas. They were going to be um, the arts director for a big ministry in another state. Eight out of the 10 moved to different states mm-hmm. to take
0: on... You had empowered them too well. What they <laughs>
1: knew what they were... Yeah, the whole purpose of Anthem Road is to help people pursue yeah. uh, the potential that God's placed into them mm-hmm. and to develop it into a marketable skill. So if you mm-hmm. help people do that, then that means they go do that. So that's wonderful and devastating. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, oh no, what are, what's going to happen? But what happened is that God brought in beautiful new people because when you have a good culture and, mm-hmm. uh, even with your areas of weakness, it, it's attractive. Uh, I just went back to school and finished my MBA and while I was finishing that there after I finished it, I was like, okay, now what? And I started putting pressure on myself again about what are you going to do next, Heather? What are you going to do next? And um, is it going to be successful in all of this? And really, God woke me up. God and I have this deal because I don't always listen. Sometimes I'm just talking. (laughs) We have this deal that he can wake me up at four o'clock exactly. If it's exactly four o'clock in the morning, because I'm not an early riser that early, uh, then I know I need to shut up and listen. Right? Mm -hmm. That's our deal. Mm -hmm. And he woke me up four o'clock about a month ago. And you said, hey, just so you remember, it was never you and your credentials that mm-hmm. brought people in, whether it was staff or students. Mm-hmm. It was never um, you having everything perfectly together and planned. It was never your checklist. Those things supported what I've called you the to dream. do. Mm-hmm. But it was always my love in and through you that mm-hmm. drew people. Mm-hmm. And so you don't need to cling to what you feel that you've created or you and your team have created over time, Mm -hmm. but just cling to me and I'll take care of the rest. And so you have a little nugget to take with you and you're trying to figure out, you know, what's next for your life or what to say yes to or what to say no to, or is it going to fail or, you know, will you be rejected? Just cling to Christ because it was always him and his mm-hmm. purpose being fulfilled in and through you that made it successful, whatever that is, whether that's in a relationship, whether mm-hmm. that's in parenting, uh, whether that's in business. It was not through our own strength, but mm-hmm. through his strength Amen. that we're able to accomplish
0: his good work. Well, I definitely see in you that it's God in you, right? Like sometimes we don't Mm -hmm. have uh, faith or belief in ourselves, but it's like, we need to think, no, God works through people. So we're having faith in Him, even in us, not just in somebody else, but in us. us. And so I think of the verse and the principle of seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and then He's going to take care of everything else. He's going to give you everything that you need. Yeah, it's really true. I think your sincerity and purity and willingness and just having a heart, you know, that isn't perfect, that sure, Mm -hmm. you still have your own sinful nature and sure things that you've had to deal with over time. But you're honestly seeking Him continuously. And okay, Lord, and all those little next steps and all the ways that you talked about the peace, the purpose. I don't remember yeah. what the other one was. But by the way, we didn't plan that. You know, <laughs> I pitched that to her and she hit it. I was like, dang, girl, like you were ready. <laughs> Three P's in a row, too. It's awesome. Peace and purpose and preparation. <laughs> preparation. That was the That's other right. one. But anyway, it's just beautiful to see God uniquely, creatively working through you. Thank and you a so lot much. of that is your willingness to let him. So I love it so much. So grateful. Oh, cool. Yeah. Well, earlier you were talking about your mentor, Karen, and how so much was just inside of her. Yeah. And then it was from memory and who she was, and it was just overflowing. Yeah. And so I just think that's such a beautiful and touching thought that we can all embody. And so what is it that's in you, this hope that you have yeah. that you just want to pass along to everybody else? Um, something that you've learned, yeah. something that God has shown you that you want to be sure in. Tell us. So I'll say this. When I'm feeling discouraged
1: and when I'm feeling that, dang it, I may have, I may have taken the wrong step mm-hmm. or gone in the, the wrong direction, or I'm just timid about whatever the next step is, right. I remind myself a couple of things. The, one of them is that I love my children so very much. Hmm. And God's word says that if we can give our children good gifts, just imagine what kind of gifts mm-hmm. our God who is the creator of the universe, who does get to control variables that are outside of our control, our control. who who yeah. knows our past, present, and our future and beyond, yeah. and who sees our hearts and our struggle and everything else. If he loves me just even just as much as I love my own children, mm-hmm. I'm so good. Mm-hmm. Like He's so got me because yeah. I know how much I would come through for That's my own great kids. Example. And so anytime I start even to worry about their futures, I think, oh my gosh, He loves Aiden and Mason even more than I love them. So then I don't have to be afraid for their futures. Mm -hmm. I don't have to be afraid for my own future. I don't have to be afraid to live open-handed and with an open heart, even at the risk of maybe sometimes getting hurt. And that does happen. Mm -hmm. But I can trust fully and wholeheartedly that his plan for me is better than my own plan. Mm-hmm. So my plan can be loose. <laughs> yeah, that's good. It can good. be fluid. Mm-hmm. And then um, God already knew this would happen. Whatever it is that's happening in your life, whatever you're facing, he are, he's not surprised by it. Yeah, he already that. intends to use it for your good. Mm-hmm. And so whatever that is, um, there's a book called, and this kind of gets into resources, but mm-hmm. there's a book called The Obstacle is the Way by Ryan Holiday. And it's just such a great reminder to not... Uh, Tense up and get offended when things don't go your way because we live in a fallen world. Of course, things are not always going to go our way mm-hmm. to anticipate, not in a negative way, but that things are going to sometimes obstacles will arise and not go. things won't go your way. But that it's God's intention to use that for your good. So mm-hmm. to embrace even those hard
0: challenges mm-hmm. to say, what can I learn from this? It's a good reminder, though. Like, even you mentioned, sometimes you get hurt, and you that's do. a real thing that every one of us can deal with is relational hurt oh. that can arise yeah. or missteps. You mentioned that. Mm-hmm. Or, what if the season is over? You know, mm-hmm. and I, I'm not saying in your situation, yeah, but in it's someone's it's, situation where, hey, it's time to move on, but that doesn't mean that God doesn't have something new and wonderful
1: for you. He does. And so, and I think you touched on the seasons. Sometimes there is a time when one season's over. And you're kind of in this dark space of like, okay, well, what's next? And you can't see Mm -hmm. what's next. And in that time, remember to cling to his word and let his word truly be a lamp unto your feet Mm -hmm. because It doesn't say you're going to see the whole pathway. It's just the spotlight. No, it's just like the next step, and that's really hard. But that's where you build a really strong relationship Mm -hmm. with God and a trust um, that's enduring. And uh, you will have hurts. I mean, when you're leading, that's going to happen. And over time, when you build something um, that's bigger than yourself, then that means it touches other people, and that means that um, we're all humans, and we're gonna we're gonna have hurts that come into our lives one way or the other. Um, but knowing that, again, I'm not clinging to what I've created. I'm clinging to my creator. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's going to pave the pathway for me if I'll look
0: into his word and, and look back to that. Is Isn't it life. hard for you to not hold a grudge or not be bitter when those things happen? It just mm-hmm. seems like it would be so easy for you because you are just so joyful and such a light and so positive.
1: You know what? I don't think I get bitter because I... I'm so verbal. (laughs) Mm. So like when I'm hurting, because I've had some betrayal in my life, some really hard things actually over the last decade that have just, there's been a few times it felt like someone will hug my neck so that they could get to my back to stab me (laughs) in it, you know, Mm. ouch, and that really hurts or, um, or things that you feel like you've really done right by someone and they don't necessarily choose to do the same. And, but at the end of the day, my friend, Debbie, you know, Debbie Thomas, Mm when I was going through one of the hardest times of my life, she said, uh, forgiveness is fighting against the enemy. And it's not you against the other person. It's not if you forgive them, they win. It's you and that other person together, Mm -hmm. uh, choosing to win against the enemy who loves to divide. Mm -hmm. And so I've really learned that, that people mostly have good intentions and they're just human beings and right. and just like and so I, am I yeah and I am too and so I've probably unintentionally hurt someone in the past yeah. and probably will do it again in the future and and I hope I don't but to know that uh, we still love people and we forgive them and we give them grace because we all need grace ourselves and then just do right by people and have integrity and take responsibility because that way even if They've done you wrong and they, sh- they have to hide from you in the grocery store. This is how I always test myself. Am I trying to hide from anyone in the grocery store? <laughs> if I'm trying to hide, I need to, I need to resolve some things. Yeah. That's I need to good. address some things. That's a word. If I can look them in the eye, I'm good. If they can't, that's their,
0: that's mm-hmm. their thing. That's on to them. Yeah. Well, you mentioned resources. Yep. I want to talk about your book briefly. And um, yep. we're kind of I'll getting low on time. But tell <laughs> us, uh, you know, you mentioned it. You mentioned a little bit about what it's about. But what yep. was the intent and heart behind it? And then any other resources that you just want everybody to know have in their pocket?
1: Absolutely. So I'll go quickly. Dream Traders is a book to help people pursue who God has called them to be. And in doing so to make the trades that matter towards success. And that will look different in different seasons and stages of your life because we're humans and Mm -hmm. we continue to evolve and grow and our priorities change. And so the trades that we're willing to make shift Mm -hmm. um, based on the season and the stages that we're in. Give us some
0: examples of some of this dream trading.
1: Yeah. So one of the things that I had to trade the known for the unknown when going from being a public school teacher to a business owner, I had to trade security for opportunity Mm -hmm. and potential growth. And I had to trade having somebody else tell me when to come into work and when to quit for the day for being a self-starter and for making my own schedules and being very Mm self-driven. And so to write a book, I had to trade watching tv for two years mm-hmm. i really did i mm-hmm. traded watching tv at night for writing every mm-hmm. night and then editing and everything so it can be really practical trades i think a lot of times what we fall into is comparing saying well i'm just as talented why is so and so getting this opportunity probably the talent's the same just someone's willing to make trades you're mm-hmm. not willing to make mm-hmm. and it's okay because there probably is a path that you are willing to make the trades on mm-hmm. and so the book helps it's a guideline and it has um worksheets in it To help you discover the trades that you are willing to make and to also discover the ones that you're not willing to make. And that's okay Mm -hmm. because that will lead you through the path that you're supposed to. Now, is it a separate youth version that you teach in schools or is it the same? So we have two different youth versions. Actually, we have three. We have one that's in Ghana, Africa at the Pearl House that's been edited for... Kiddos there. And That's so it so helps perfect. them discover their strengths and all of these fun things. It's a different version. It's a 10-week session. It's in Union Public Schools. It's been in Jinx, Metro, Bixby, a whole bunch of schools. Mm-hmm. And so right now it's in Sites to Enrichment Program after schools. It's um 10-week
0: session, but we've done it with
1: our neighborhood kids. We have a teen life and leadership version. Mm-hmm. So
0: And obviously you're looking at it through a Christian perspective. Yes. um, But there are principles in there that anyone could benefit from.
1: Absolutely. So we have like the version that has the scriptural references and then we have the public school version that has the principles, but the verbiage is different and there's statements of belief instead of scripture references Mm -hmm. and things like that. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. So that's Dream Traders. I feel like if you squeeze you, you're just going to like ooze out (laughs) amazingness
0: and potential.
1: I just love finding potential in hidden places. I think that's what I've had people do for me. And I want to do that for other people. Mm-hmm. So I love that. Um, three books I'm reading or finished reading um, recently. And I loved Million Miles in a Thousand Years. That's by Donald Miller. Um it's uh, one tidbit in the book is about the role that you give the other people in your family to play. And so uh, check that out. Really good and challenging book. Mm-hmm. And then Obstacle is the Way, as I already mentioned, by Ryan Holiday and then honors reward. So my word for the year is honor. Just honoring who God's called you to be, honoring your spouse or partner, honoring your calling, and honoring other people even if they don't honor you. And that's that's kind of what Jen and I were talking about a minute mm-hmm. ago. Still choosing to honor mm-hmm. uh, because it's the right thing to do, I mean above reproach. Yeah, absolutely. And then two songs that are kind of on replay at our house right now. When it's not Chris Stapleton, and all full disclosure, we love him. But for worship music, there's two. Uh, the one you love by Elevation Worship, if you haven't been listening to that song, so affirming, so good. So good. Mm-hmm. And then there's a new song, "Christ in Me" by Life Church, and Yay. it's so good. And it talks about it's not I, but it's Christ in me, which mm-hmm. is what we were talking about today. It's It's not myself. It's his love in and through all of us that does his good work. You know,
0: you could sing it for us.
1: I'm good. I'm good. (laughs) You guys can check it out when it comes out. I don't even know if it's out yet. We're singing at church, though. We've been singing it. So,
0: (laughs) Okay. I could talk to you for another three hours. But as we wrap up, would you just leave us with a final word of encouragement, something you want us all to hear? Everybody listening, no matter where they are.
1: Yeah, I'll say this. It'll wrap it up really quickly. First John four eighteen. there is no fear in love. And mm-hmm. so um, lean into God's love, cling to your creator and not to what you feel that you're creating and take your, your next step of faith and know that there's no fear in love. And so you can trust wholly and fully in the creator who has
0: created you for good works. You're amazing. <laughs> Yay. So thankful we got to do it. this.
1: Me too. Yeah. Thanks
0: for having me. Well, one thing I scribbled down is your gift is not meant for you, but to go through you and to be of service to others. And I know Heather's words and story triggered thoughts and people and dreams and traits that are unique to my own life. And I pray that happened for you as well. As always, resources mentioned are linked in the conversation notes. You can subscribe for free on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean and Stitcher. You can also stay in the loop by connecting with us on Instagram at The Messy Table Podcast. And as you prayerfully consider what steps of faith God might be calling you to today and this week, remember that yes, life is messy, but God is at work in your mess.